0: supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does it. AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costo.
1: All right, good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And we are here to, here to talk with you about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. And uh, we'll have another abbreviated show due to the Boston Red Sox. But uh, we are going to have a fantastic show for you because this is something that has been going on uh, all week now. This This controversy, this conversation, this discussion... Uh, this debate, this discourse, regarding an article that appeared on the Who Forded magazine uh, website. That's whofordedblog.com. You know, it's kind of like Who Farted, but it's Who Forded after Charles Fort. And uh, we're going to be talking with Greg Newkirk, who is the uh, main forder over at <laughs> Who Forded. Usually when somebody forts, they point to Greg first. So he'll be joining us uh, coming up uh, probably in the, the next hour Uh, only because we have a brief amount of time here uh, before the news, but he wrote an article called Bad Vibes. Can dealing with evil spirits kill you? And this is something that we've talked about in the paranormal field for a few years now, uh, since we've lost a, a good number of these researchers in recent years who have gone up against the evil and have gone up against the demonic. And we'll be discussing kind of the nature of what exactly is considered evil. We'll be talking about whether or not these afflictions that have uh, beset upon these investigators could have to do with something uh, more than just going up against evil, and we're going to talk about whether or not it could have actually been these malevolent forces that have caused them pain and suffering. Now, Moniz, I know that you've dealt with some of these cases. We don't talk about them often on the show because usually they're they're private cases or they're cases in which you are asked to uh, keep the information classified, but... Have you ever suffered a physical response to going up against these evil evil entities?
0: You mean like getting violently ill up? Yeah, I mean I'm not talking like
1: all like I'm not talking like full blown cancer or anything, but have you ever had physical after effects from going up against something that may have been considered demonic?
0: I was involved in, in two cases that made me physically uh, nauseous and I did wind up throwing up. And I mean I know that there can be the immediate
1: effect uh, ha- Having dealt with them You know within a recent few minutes span You know you have that feeling quite afterwards Has there ever been anything that's lingered Or anything that might have fallen I mean even, even if it's just what could be considered A rash of bad luck uh, In the days following going up against one of these things
0: Well if you constantly have the luck that I have How are you going to tell them that's it's true. Bad?
1: That's true if you, had a con- if you had a constant run of good luck That's when you'd start to get concerned Yeah that's when I'd be concerned all right, well, we will talk about all that coming up in the next hour with Greg Newkirk, but if you haven't had a chance during the news break, please go to com, and when you see Greg's face there, you can click on the link or click on his picture, and that will bring you to the com page where you can actually read the article for yourself. It's it's a good read. It's it's not too lengthy, and it gives some, uh, some examples of what we'll be talking about, including
0: uh, some of the more famous names that have been afflicted by this okay now there's one name that didn't appear in his list even though he didn't die of a natural cause died of a very nasty murder you know um wouldn't that be considered couldn't that be considered in the same vein
1: we can we can ask greg about that coming up okay i'll save it all right and uh when you're reading that uh i want you to know too that we did reach out to ryan buell of paranormal state who uh the reports are that he is suffering from pancreatic cancer uh, which is very, very, very horrible disease, very horrible uh, strain of cancer, and it's just physically uh, decimating. And we did reach out to him. I sent him an email, and I tried to get a hold of him on Facebook. You know, we, we do have some contact info for him. And from what I understand, uh, he's actually hospitalized right now. So he did respond to the Who Forwarded uh, article so we'll talk with Greg about that coming up in the next hour, but our, our thoughts and prayers are out with Ryan Buell because we do hold paranormal state under a very very scrutinous microscope. We hold them all under. We do, but I mean we've, we've been very hard on paranormal state on this show, and I, I just want people to know that you know when we are trashing a show and even when we are trashing a person's role within a show, that doesn't mean that we wish any ill will toward that person, not at all. We would never do that. But, you know, we have kind of dissected Paranormal State on the show a few times and we have kind of uh, given some uh, not so rave reviews about the program and about Ryan's role in that program. So hopefully he'll uh, he'll get better and he'll be able to join us sometime in the future when we can talk about it. Uh, Also tonight, uh, we do want to let you know uh, two things. Uh, One is we want to let you know about the Experiencers Speak event, which is coming up on September 8th in Gorham, Maine. And uh, it's not that far from the south coast. it's only about a two-hour drive, right, from here to Gorham, Maine?
0: Yeah, about two and a half.
1: They say Gorham or do they say Gorham?
0: I call it Gorham.
1: All right, good. And uh, this is being put on by our friends uh, Debbie and Audrey at Starborn Support. And they have quite a lineup uh, for you. I mean, not only are you going to be able to go and experience a, a full day of events, but there's going to be food served as well. There's going to be workshops. Uh, and here here's just some of the names that you'll, uh, you'll see. Uh, it begins at 9 a.m., On September 8th, you're going to see Audrey and Debbie of Starborn Support. They're going to be there. Uh, You're going to see just some of the names that jump off uh, the page. Matt Moniz will be speaking.
0: I'll help out.
1: Kathy Martin, of course, who's been on the show numerous times. Peter Robbins, our good friend, who uh, is always a frequent guest on the show. Yep. And uh, also, this one is huge. Uh, Well, I don't want to forget to mention Christian White, our friend who is in a short span of time, become one of the most ardent UFO researchers out there. He took
0: part of my library with him last time he came <laughs> over.
1: So, uh, but uh, also uh, kind of the, I don't want to say the star of the show necessarily, because this is of course is about Let's people. call who have, a keynote speaker. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good idea, but the, the most recognizable name to the people out there would be Travis Walton of the fire in the sky case. Uh, and that is anybody that's seen that movie, you know, there's, or there's been or some, read the book. There's, there's been some questions about the correlations between Travis's actual experiences and the way it was portrayed in the media.
0: Well, that had to do with the director.
1: And I'm sure Travis will discuss all that and more, but it's just such a great lineup. I mean, we're talking speakers every 45 minutes from 9 a.m. until 10, 15 at night when it closes out with a big drum and flute circle. So it's going to be an awesome event. Experiencers Speak. That'll be uh, Saturday, September 8th. Yep. Moniz will have to be calling in from there that night. And uh, it's going to be at the... Hold on, let me click on this here. I didn't have it lined up. Uh, it doesn't say here. I forget the name of the location for, <laughs> for it. But don't worry, because we're going to have the Starboy Twins on to talk about it yeah. uh, coming up. And we'll be, we'll be mentioning it. Tell through.
0: them how much the tickets are. Uh, they are. You can tell them. They're 2012. Twenty dollars twelve cents, and you
1: can't you can't beat that. Aside, yeah, for, aside for all day with all these people, aside again. from twenty twelve, you're getting to see some of the heavy hitters in ufology speak. So
0: there's going to be other vendors there. It's also a holistic uh, event as well. There's going to be healers reiki and other metaphysical things going on there as well
1: so if you want to find out more about it just go to dot com and click on the facebook tab and that'll bring you uh to where you can check out the experience to speak uh you know also if you just search for it on facebook you'll find the page there as well and we'll have it linked up on spooky south com. and don't forget uh coming up on october 20th the tickets are now on sale for haunted history night coming up at the, uh, the Fearing Tavern and the other historical buildings in Wareham, Massachusetts. So don't forget your chance to uh, check that out for yourself. I mean, this is going to be a fantastic event. $99, all kinds of uh, fun and excitement will happen. Uh, Jeff Belanger, the Spooky Crew, Andrew Lake will all be there, Tiffany Rice and Stephanie Burke doing readings. Go to legendtrips.com. We'll be right back with more after the news on Spooky South Coast.
2: I know the supernatural
0: is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. All right,
1: welcome back into the show. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. Matt Costa is still... MIA. Yeah. We'll get them back someday. You know, maybe for the big, uh, what do we have? Our eighth anniversary special coming up
0: later on? Seventh, eighth, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Six, seven, I don't know. It's
1: been a long time. And uh, <laughs> I want to thank our friends at uh, podfeed.net for carrying the spooky South Coast podcast because for some reason the video that I usually seal the opening off of on YouTube wasn't loading up tonight. So thankfully, Podfeed was there to bail us out. A little soft to hear, but. You know, you get the point. It's Spooky South Coast. We talk about the paranormal, and that's what we're talking about tonight with our guest, Greg, Newcork, Greg Newkirk of the Who Forted blog, the Who Forted magazine. You can check it out, whofortedblog.com. It's also linked up on the front page of spookysouthcoast.com. And uh, I want to bring him on right now. Good evening, Greg. How are you?
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me on again.
1: Oh, we're glad to have you back, and sorry about the the little delay there. I'm oh pressing, no, don't all worry. The Now, uh, I do have to ask you. I don't know how much of the news you could hear, uh, but how funny was that story that they were talking about, where uh, people at the Tony Robbins event suffered third degree burns in their feet from walking across hot coals?
2: <laughs> oh gosh, I can't even. I can't even begin to. Speculate on that one.
1: Aren't you glad that uh, you don't have to follow the the motivational speakers in the world?
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
1: I mean, man, they, so, some of them, the, the stuff that they do, I mean, I can understand the, the process of trying to do what they do, but I don't know. I would never, in, there's a lot of liability in having people walk across hot coals.
2: We should be our own motivational speakers.
1: There you go. And that's, that's what we try to do here. And uh, we were fascinated by this uh, piece that you put together Bad Vibes Can Dealing with Evil Spirits Kill You. And I don't want to say that you know Who Forded isn't a responsible uh, journalistic entity, but I mean, come <laughs> on, that,
2: that's not your bread and butter.
1: That's not what you're trying to do.
2: <laughs> well, you know, once in a, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. With Who Forted, we are obviously, I mean, clearly from the name, you can tell that we don't take ourselves terribly seriously. Mm-hmm. But we love the paranormal. We love the forty and the strange, the odd. We do. We really love it. We grew up in this realm of oddness. So it does, you know, mean something to us when people start to say, "Oh, well, this person got sick. You know, this person, this person got sick because they they dealt with evil spirits and that kind of thing." So once in a while, once in a great while, we can actually make a serious point, but uh, you know, we don't like to make a habit of it.
1: <laughs> well, I want to commend you on that because, really, in in this piece when I when we were chatting about this and you were you were talking about, uh, you know, following along on this subject, I, I started to get a little bit concerned that it might be too serious uh, for the <laughs> too serious of a subject for the Who Forded format.
0: It is well written. Yeah, it is. It's definitely
1: well written. And, oh, and you definitely do a great job of, of putting out all sides. And I think that that's something that's lost in this conversation within the paranormal field is too many people just take the idea of those who go up against evil and negativity Having these things beset them, they just take it at face value that, well, that's why. You get what you ask for.
2: Well, it it seems to me that there's no one really on the fence anymore. You either have the people who believe that evil spirits are out to kill them and destroy their lives, or you have the people that are just making fun of those people. Mm -hmm. You have the hardline skeptics who don't believe anything. Uh, There's there's not much of a middle ground anymore and i think if there's any if there's anything that we try to do is try to to toe that line as much as we possibly can because that's the most fun place to be because you get a little bit of both worlds you know you don't have to commit to anything
1: sure and, and when you don't have to then it allows you to kind of play with both sides and 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 be able to you know delve a little deeper into each side because you're not so committed i think once you become too committed to one viewpoint you start to not be able to see the other side that well
2: Well, we can also get everyone really riled up. It worked.
1: (laughs) It definitely worked. Now, I have to ask, I mean, have you heard some – I've I've seen and read a lot of positive feedback uh, to this article, but have you heard some negative feedback from anybody?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I actually just uh, read a comment the other day from a woman who thought that we were trying to perform a smear campaign on the Warrens which obviously they just must have missed the point completely and not really read it. Mm. There was another guy who uh, started reading it and then saw the Warrens mentioned and then just stopped reading it and then decided to trash the piece before even reading the whole thing and realizing that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't actually praising the Warrens. Um, you know, so there, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be some negative responses no matter what. I mean, it's kind of a volatile subject. You know, I mean, there's, there's, Well, for example, what prompted me to actually write the article to begin with was the fact that um, Paranormal State's Ryan Buell announced that he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. And I had heard someone say, well, that's what you get for messing with evil spirits. That didn't actually sound like a very fair thing to say, which was why I wanted to write this piece kind of exploring what the other options could have possibly been. So there's going to be, you know, with a volatile subject like that, there's always going to be people who who are are not too happy to to read about it.
1: Well, one of the more interesting uh, things that came about this was the fact that Ryan did respond uh, to the article, but he responded to it in kind of a roundabout way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, it was almost completely plagiarized on an examiner.com article, (laughs) which I'm sure thrilled you.
2: Well, well, the the funny part about that is the, the lady actually writes for us. (laughs)
1: Well then that explains it It wasn't plagiarism then No
2: I I think she was I think she was trying To give us uh, Some more views And mm -hmm. uh, it just might have looked I can see how it might have Looked a lot A lot worse
1: Well but I mean Fortunately then You know it's 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 in the family So it's okay (laughs) It's kind of like When I rip off everything Out of Belanger's books And uh, Balzano's books So it works out But uh, There you go uh, When Ryan responded to it I mean how, how shocked Were you to see That he actually Took the time to Uh to To respond, especially considering his current state, I mean, from what I understand, he was he was hospitalized yesterday.
2: I saw that. Yeah, I, I was I was uh, sh- completely shocked. Um, it's it's no secret that I haven't I've always been the biggest fan of Ryan's Show or some of the things that he's done with his career. Um, so I was intensely shocked because <laughs> I, I, it was it was interesting to me because. It showed that he has paid attention to some of the things that we have written about him and Paranormal State before,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but that, uh, you know, the fact that he actually said that he liked the piece was the most shocking part out of all of it. But When it comes down to it, I mean, regardless of what I think about anything that he's done with his career, I get that it's just a job. I understand that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he's a, he's a human being, and he has, you know, at 30 years old, he has one of the most incredibly destructive forms of cancer out there so my heart goes out to him regardless of uh what i thought about what he's done before uh, it's still sad well I,
1: I think too that uh when somebody is kind of in the public eye like that i mean they're going to be aware that things are written about them but also they're going to have people who are going to want to tell them you know, it's like, oh, you won't believe what these guys said about you. And I, I think that... I'm sure. I, I think that he's probably developed the thick skin to that, and he's kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't pay attention to that, I don't pay attention to that. But the fact that he would pay attention to what you wrote shows that, you know, what you have written about him in the past has caught his attention, and be, be it good or bad. <laughs> and well, he did he, mention the video, so that was that was pretty nice.
2: Oh, yeah, that actually was pretty funny. You know, we... we uh... We did actually start doing a, a follow up to the to the dance video, but it just didn't turn out. It didn't work. So I don't know. I think that might have to be that might have to be a one time deal. Spontaneity. We never intended it to to be what it ended <laughs> up being. So,
1: but I mean, it is uh, fascinating to me when they do develop. I'm not surprised, but they do develop these sycophants uh, who. <laughs> Anything that you say against them, you know, it can't be right. Anything you oh, say absolutely. against them can't be valid.
2: Well, you know, there were a lot of people who who instantly. I know that Ryan posted the the article on his Facebook page, and instantly there were just slews of people saying, "Oh, these people are full of crap." This or this or this. Obviously, didn't even read it because if they read it,
0: techniques for they, repairing they, valves are oh, quite oh, remarkable. On, they yeah. take yeah, they can take a ninety year old and repair a valve these days. What, it's what happens not when that I don't invasive. have a producer anymore and, and I have to do uh, it
2: personally? <laughs> Demons. It
1: might be. I mean, we do we do have issues from time to time. We have actually had the studio blessed.
2: They do not want this story getting out. That's what it is.
1: Well, uh, if there is uh, a negative force, a negative entity, even a demonic entity watching over the show, it's probably the reason why our spooky TV just crashed. <laughs> <it>, Monies, don't <laughs> sweat it. It's the internet in here tonight. It's terrible. <laughs> I, I cut your the audio
0: plug just came out too. Well,
1: that's because you're a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> no, we we were always beset with technical issues here. Um, so yeah, don't sweat it, Monies. We're fine. But uh, can't can't help the internet. If we could, who Forda would have been stopped a long time ago.
2: That is true.
1: Now, when you were writing about some of these other cases, though, I mean. Uh, Sure, the Ryan conversation is going to be out there, sure. uh, but when you're talking about Malachi Martin, when you're talking about Ed Warren, you're talking about people that were you know, quite up there in age. They weren't 30 years old like Ryan is, so when, exactly. you know, when they fall ill, it's not exactly a surprise.
2: Well, you know, and the thing is, even, even with this article that I'd written, you know, I, I, I tried to start it out by, by giving people you know, the, the, the stories that I've heard about how these people died and how it was related to some supernatural force. Um, but then towards the end, you know, I made the same point. You know, a lot of these guys are pretty old. Um, you know, Malachi Martin was in his, uh, he was close to his 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Warren was close to his 80s when these guys died. But yet, even, and even still, if you read the comments, there are still people who believe that it was the demonic forces that killed them, that something demonic pushed Malachi Martin down the stairs. They were just waiting for the right time when no one was around, and they killed him that way. So, I mean... It's it's one of those things where no one was there. We can't really say what did or did not happen. Sure. But I think that it's it's worth mentioning that there could have been other causes to this aside from some supernatural force. I'm not saying that that's not what happened, but there you know we should entertain the idea that it could have been something more natural. People get old. People die. It just happens.
1: Well, and not to mention an exorcist being pushed down a staircase. It's I know that been sounds familiar, before. right?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: But uh, yeah, and with the case with Ed Warren, I mean, I, I think part of the the reason why uh, Ed might be thrown into the mix with a lot of people is because uh, many people don't know about the fact that he actually fell ill, you know, six years before he passed away, yeah. because the family kept it under wraps, uh-huh. and it wasn't until I mean, I, I remember I didn't hear about him being sick for that long until I spoke to John Zaffis right after he died, mm-hmm. and so. I think people think that that was kind of a sudden thing and that it wasn't necessarily this gradual decline of his health.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't hear about it until uh, actually it was the day that I met John Zaffis that he sort of filled us in about what was actually going on. I mm-hmm. had no idea. And I mean, I'd read a bunch of the Warren's books before, and for all I knew, they were still out there, you know, fighting evil. But uh, yeah, I, I think that it was because they did such a good job keeping that, keeping that quiet. No one had any idea, and they thought it was just this all of a sudden, boom, he was gone.
1: And also, I mean, there are two people, uh, Malachi Martin and Ed Warren, who it's almost like you expect them to have a dramatic exit from this world Oh, absolutely. because of the dramatic way in which they lived.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, anyone who's read any of their books would imagine that they you know, that was just how they were going to go out. Everything that they did was so dramatic.
1: I mean, and I, I haven't heard every Malachi Martin interview that he did with Art Bell, but I've, I've heard a good portion of them. And he always did seem to have this um, belief that someday they were going to get him.
2: He did. He did. He said that all the time. He remains, to this day, my favorite coast-to-coast interviewee ever. I can listen to his stuff over and over and over again. And I remember in, in one in particular, he said that he, he, beca- he had actually seen the devil. He said he'd, he'd met Satan and that Satan was out to get him. That at some point, because of all of the things that he had intervened in, all of the plans that he had foiled of the, uh, the, the malevolent, that they were out to get him, and they were just waiting for the right time.
1: Well, and one of the uh, more, I, I don't know, believable aspects of the Malachi Martin case, though, uh, to me was the fact that you know this wasn't what he was all about. This wasn't his primary uh, job in life, but it kind of took him over, and it took him over almost at the Vatican's request uh, that he reluctantly kind of stepped into this. A lot of these people that are on the list uh, almost seem like they pick and chose to go after the demonic, whereas, you know, with with Father Martin, it kind of called him. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking to a guy like Ed Warren, you know, they chose that path. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they could have turned away from for it.
2: For sure, for sure. Um, most of these people, you know, m- with with Martin, I don't think that he made a career out of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody else on the list, they pretty much have made a career out of it. That's how they made their bread and butter. That's right, how they made, made their financial
1: money. gain out of it, yeah.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So it was in their best interest to continue going about this and to find the wildest and craziest stories that they possibly could because they made books out of them, and then the books ended up turning into movies like the Amityville Horror, things like that, and, of course, they made tons of royalties out of this. So that mm-hmm. was their job.
1: And... Not only that, but I mean you got to think that not only are you going to make the money from the book, you're going to make the money from the movie, but in subsequent years every time there's a documentary made or you know you, you, there's there has to be a check involved with for your appearance.
2: Or every time that you decide to show up to a a, a convention, mm-hmm. you get to you know charge 25 bucks for your 15 cent printed photo from Kinko's. <laughs> that kind of thing too. You know, uh, it's like I said in the article, a lot of these people are are hustlers in every sense of the word. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. I'm not, I'm not necessarily, you know, taking a dump on these people because that's how they decide to make their living. But at the same time, they're hustling
1: mm-hmm. all
2: the time, constantly. They always have to hustle to make just a few hundred bucks because they don't want to have a normal job.
1: And, and that's true of... A lot of people in the field today, unfortunately.
2: Absolutely, for sure. I mean, I've got, I've got friends who hustle. I've got friends who are hitting up different conventions all the time because that's you know that's how they can make a buck. They don't have a regular job. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily against it, but at the same time, living hard like that, that's another thing. I mean, you, when, when you finally start to collapse, you can't necessarily blame that on, a, on an evil spirit. You've got to look at the way that you're living, eating at diners all the time and smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Uh, I, I've got a I've got a friend who double fists 12-hour energy with Monster Energy drinks. Wow, and that is not good for your heart.
1: No, that's that like liquid ab- cocaine.
2: Absolutely, that's going to kill you. That's going to kill you. So it's not going to be the demons that kill you. Living like that, that's just going to be the 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 kind of hard living life on the road that'll do that to you.
1: Well, you know, when you talk about smoking two packs a day and eating in diners, you got to
0: be the rock star diet. <laughs> well. I
1: think- a little more heroin mixed in, I think, to that one. <laughs> Probably.
0: When, when you're talking about two packs a day
1: and eating in diners, you've got to be talking about Lou Gentili.
2: Oh, absolutely. I know
1: was uh, who you were very close with.
2: Absolutely. You know, I, I actually considered Lou Gentili a friend. Uh, he was somebody that I spent many late nights talking to um, on, on Yahoo Messenger as a kid, and he used to offer me all kinds of advice on how to chase down ghosts and things like that. I'd met him at a, a, a horror convention years and years ago. And I remember sitting next to the guy in the middle of the night, and he had just eaten this humongous cheeseburger, and he chased it with two cigarettes. I remember, I remember ex- explicitly him asking if he was offending me because I was blowing the smoke out of my face mm-hmm. because he had smoked so many of them. So you know, eventually, when he passed away, I couldn't help but think that it was you know less what he was doing and and more what came along with what he was doing and ended up doing it.
1: And I, I don't know how much of that was the the paranormal lifestyle and how much of it was just the way he envisioned himself. I mean, he just saw himself as that, you know, that late-night radio host type, you know, talk radio <laughs> personality, you know, like Eric Bogosian behind the cigarette, behind the microphone.
2: My favorite thing about Lou Gentilly was the fact that he was fined for running a pirate radio station out of Philadelphia.
1: He... You know, he was one of the few people in the – I mean, when we started this program in 2006, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of people who were supportive uh, of the idea of us being in the field and people from the field who were supportive, but not a lot of radio people were supportive. Mm -hmm. And Lou Gentile was one of the first people to kind of reach out and to to kind of say, you know, hey, good luck with this. You know, it's going to take over your life, but it's going to (laughs) be worth it. It's going to be a fun journey.
2: You know, I, I have nothing bad to say about the guy. I really liked him regardless of how I feel about, you know, my opinions obviously are a little bit different uh, on the world than his were, but the guy was a pretty genuine guy. He at least believed, I I really do think that he at least believed that uh, he was coming into contact with all these things. I think that he was pretty pretty genuine in that sense.
1: But a lot of people, too, say that he was the type uh, who would have this happened to him because he went out searching for it. And that he, course. you know, he drew these negative forces to himself.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if Lou was one of those guys who actually thought the same thing, who thought that a lot mm. of this happened because of what he was involved with, for sure.
1: And for anybody out there who who isn't familiar with Lou Gentile, because
2: I think, you know, th-
1: there is a good portion of today's, you know, paranormal audience that may not be, uh, you know, they think, you know, coast to coast began and ended with uh, George Norrie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And don't even get me started on John B. Wells. I have to listen to that on the way home from the show every Saturday night, and I just want to put my fist. You know, Chris Balzano and I are starting the media tour for our new book, Haunted Objects. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I said, is it wrong that when I send the press release to Coast to Coast that I specifically put, just please don't put us with John B. Wells? I mean, are we of that kind of ilk yet? Can we say those things? But anyway, I digress. Thankfully, we don't air Coast to Coast on this station, so...
2: I was going to say. Yeah, that, no, that would be a great lead-in. Yes.
1: Yep. Now here's the really sucky John B. Wells. Good night. <laughs> but uh, one of the the names that's, that's on this list uh, of people who suffered as a result of their uh, experiences with the demonic, it would be George Lutz. Mm-hmm. It, this is kind of a dicey name to include in there. It is, isn't because, it? Because, I mean... This is a guy that could have had this happen to him just for suggesting the demonic, not for actually encountering it, depending on which side you want to believe. Of
2: course, of course. You know, I've heard things... You know, I I have friends that have been very close to George Lutz, almost like as a fatherly figure. So I've heard a lot of stuff about George. I've never actually met George myself, but I know a lot about him secondhand. And I know that uh, a lot of people believed a lot of strange things about George. Mm -hmm. And... Towards the end of his life, I know that he was something of a mentor to a lot of people in the ghost hunting community. Uh, I know that he was actually even going to start a school for psychic youth out in Arizona, I believe. Um, so he had a vested interest in a lot of uh, the paranormal, and a lot of the odd and the bizarre, and it, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, but I, he, he's instantly a, a, a name that brings a lot of people to question because of what he was involved in, with, which obviously was the Amityville Horror. Anybody who knows about George Lutz knows about the Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, you've got people that swear up and down that it was real and people that swear up and down that it was a hoax. And as I stated in the article, he's one of the few guys on that list that's interesting because he made an entire career out of running away from evil spirits instead of running towards them.
1: And, uh, again, though depending on who you believe
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly, depending on who you believe I mean, i'm in the i 'm in the camp that doesn't believe that the amityville horror was real. Uh, I should say that right, right away I don't think that that thing was was genuine at all um, in fact, I think that it was probably something that uh was a money making scheme, maybe there was a few things, maybe there were a few things. It, bumps and knocks and stuff like that in the house. Sure. And they decided that they, you know, wanted to capitalize on that. That's what I believe. That's not what everyone believes, but that's what I believe. So when I think about George Lutz, I think that maybe it was the stress of having to deal with the lawsuits that he went through towards the end of his life that killed him. Sure, um, He was in a lawsuit right when he died. He actually had just lost a lawsuit against uh, the, the film company, they had put out the, I think it was a 2005 uh, remake of the Amityville Horror, the right, one that, yep. that had Ryan Reynolds play yes, him. Gre-
1: Green Lantern is George Lutz, yes. <laughs>
2: yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, he actually was suing them for misrepresentation because they used the name George Lutz and they turned Ryan Reynolds into a dog-killing psychopath, and he didn't like that very much, and he lost. And shortly after he lost, it was a few months that he, uh, he, he passed away. So that kind of thing is stressful because he was trying to defend his legacy and his name, and that 's the type of thing that can actually i mean i mean he he died of heart disease, clearly linked to stress so it's not a far leap to think that it was you know amityville could have killed him after all, but not in the way that most people might have thought
1: and if you believe jay Anson's book, which you know anybody with more than a third grade education probably can see that he's not a great writer, so therefore why would you believe what anything <laughs> that he says? But, uh, you know, he should have died years ago from riding a motorcycle on icy roads on Long Island in December. Oh, but sure. if he made it through that, he can make it through The Demonic. Uh, we've had uh, Christopher Lutz on the show, and I-, I don't know if you've been following along with Chris Quarantino, actually. I-, I have
2: actually. a v- vague idea of what's happening. I've I've heard a few things.
1: But he's putting forth the idea that, uh, that George was actually involved in the occult, before the family moved into that house.
2: You know, that's not surprising because, funny enough, I heard the exact same thing from George Lutz back in probably 2004. four. Uh-huh. See? Mm-hmm. He had said that they, he was involved in, in transcendental meditation and all kinds of... Well, no,
1: I mean, uh, I wouldn't put TM in the occult category, and I I don't think that uh, that uh, Chris was either. I think he was alluding to something far more sinister. I mean, he wouldn't, of course, go into details with us because he had a pay-per-view special that he was trying to sell. Ah, uh, of uh, course. But, surprise, of but, uh, you know, from private conversations that I've had with Chris, I mean, it sounds like, you know, he was involved in, in some really, really dark stuff.
2: Well, that was the sort of idea that Lou was trying to convey to me without, you know, using so many words. Mm-hmm. Not only not only Lou, but also the Warrens. I mean, he had this to say about, because Lou actually worked for the Warrens. And I guess that all quit when the Warrens said that Lou was nothing but their driver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was, was Lou the one that started putting forth the idea that the Warrens were devil worshippers?
2: Oh, totally, for yeah. sure. Well, I, well, he was at least one of them. He was at least one of them. Yeah, I, I remember hearing distinctly him, him uh, say that to us one time over dinner.
1: And and supposedly the idea was that you know the Warns, this was kind of their uh, financial reward for for worshiping Satan, and this was the path he gave them to kind of spread his word. And...
2: <laughs> he he didn't say that in so many words, but he definitely he definitely alluded to it. Yeah,
1: this is this is kind of where people have taken that conversation over the yeah. years. Yeah, I just I feel bad for Lorraine because I, I don't think she really. I mean, this is just my opinion. I've I've never met the woman, but I feel like she kind of has no idea what's going on at this point.
2: I tried to meet the woman, but she refused. (laughs) She refused to meet you, or
1: Tony refused to let you meet her.
2: It must have been Tony. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, they wouldn't let us anywhere. We had someone who was. We were. It was the Chicago Ghost Conference a few years ago, and we wanted to interview her so badly. And the people who ran the conference came out to us and said, "You are in no way allowed to approach, even approach Lorraine. Don't even look at her." Nice. Yeah, it was great. That's how you know you've made it, I, I guess.
1: You know when, when people are borderline filing restraining orders against you before they've ever even met you, oh, I guess you know you're doing your job right <laughs> now one one more name on this list I, I want to discuss before we get into some of the the how and the why of this mm-hmm. is uh, is Tom Robertson who's a name that's probably not familiar to a lot of people here in america
2: mm-hmm. he's He's actually more popular over in Scotland over across the across the pond so to speak he's uh, a very interesting fellow <laughs> he He just wrote a very interesting book um in which he uh, alludes to the idea that he came face-to-face with a vampire who needed his help because Michael Jackson was trying to kidnap the vampire because Michael Jackson wanted eternal life. Interesting guy, Tom Robertson. It
1: didn't really work out too well for Michael Jackson at all. I
2: don't think he ever caught the vampire. So maybe Tom Robertson had something to do with that.
1: Unless he did and, you know... We just don't know what he's been doing lately.
2: That's true. That's awesome. very true.
1: Well, I mean, Robertson's always kind of struck me as the... I, I, right now, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. But there's uh, another quote-unquote researcher over in England who is pretty much like... You know, he's kind of like the, uh, the snooky of the paranormal over there. I mean, whenever they want to <laughs> throw somebody up on TV, he's always got something to talk about or promote. That's who they pick? Yeah, and so Robertson, to me, seems to come from that same type of camp. Sure. Of, you know, he's always had the most profound experiences. Of so course. He's got something to contribute to every, you know, BBC documentary on the topic.
2: Of course. One of those guys where you almost wonder if he's not kind of trying to pull one over on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, he was recently diagnosed with, uh, uh, with cancer. Um, and, you know, he as well thinks that a lot of that was due to messing with evil spirits. So he's another one in that camp where even though I think a lot of people in North America won't be terribly familiar with him, he's definitely worth looking up. I would definitely recommend people look him up because his stories, if nothing else, are terribly entertaining. Um, He's another one worth mentioning because he's, he's fairly popular overseas.
0: I've got one for you. Even though he didn't die of cancer, he died of a murder. D. Scott Rogo.
2: Why should I know that name? I, I know uh, that name. He wrote name. many books
0: on the yeah, paranormal. He is <laughs> kind of though, he, he was, was from
2: the 70s and
0: But 80s. he was also
1: a little bit underground yeah. for his time and he kind of has come to light
0: in recent years. Well, I read him back in back in the day. Uh you know, at least 18 20 years ago. Yeah, i was going to say
2: he sounds he sounds terribly familiar. Uh
0: he wrote many many books on the paranormal. Uh <laughs> he was murdered by a uh a handyman that he had help out. Uh, and even the handyman doesn't even really know why he did it. Wow. Hmm. I mean, wow! And I'm sure that there's probably a great deal of researchers
1: that are out there that could be added to this list. But of course, you know, you're just dealing with the high profile
0: cases that people sure. actually know about. Uh, there, there's this probably, is, like I said, this is just a paranormal investigator that you know died of a, a violent death. But yeah. that, yeah.
1: yeah. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't be tied into and that's, what he, that's my point and, and i think today especially you know we have uh, every group now has to have their resident demonologist or their resident exorcist oh, sure. and we have sure. lay exorcists all over the world now because it's everybody's a ghost hunter now so it's sexier to be a demonologist or, or an exorcist
2: that's the new thing well i don't i don't know if you guys know about this but but apparently jinn are the new thing
0: Yes, I've been it's, following it's, along it's, with that, yes.
2: It's the gin, so I don't know if we're going to have...
0: Thank you, Rosemary Ellen Guy. I was going to say, you can, exactly.
2: usually, you can
1: usually tell what's popular because Rosemary puts out a book on it.
2: <laughs> exactly. So we've got the ginologist coming up, I'm sure.
1: Uh, well, I actually know, we, uh, Moniz and I know somebody here locally who has been talking about gin for quite a few years. She's married to somebody uh, who's, who's from you know, the, the, the Persia area. Persia saying like it's two hundred years ago I'm talking about now. Yeah, yeah. But uh you know, from that Middle East area and so she can share some of these stories with us and this is before we started hearing about uh this
2: Influx well, has of gin a good pieces. reason to be talking about it.
1: Yeah, and, and, and actually said throughout the theory a few years ago that, you know, a lot of what we call negative spirits, elementals, demons, any of this kind of stuff could all be, you know, what my husband's culture calls gin. And that was before I heard about it. I mean, to me, gin was something that you mixed with tonic and <laughs> drank like an old man. But, you know, when I, when I started to, to research it a little bit more, I realized, hey, yeah, you know, that could be what it is. And then, boom, Rosemary's book comes out. So now every. And I just wrote, as I mentioned, I can't mention it enough, I just wrote a book on haunted objects available from Amazon, sold out three times already. (laughs) But uh, so I just wrote this book on that. And in researching haunted objects online, you know, two years ago, when we first started putting together notes for this, every time I looked up a haunted item on ebay they would talk about the ghost that inhabited this object mm-hmm. now everything has a gin attached to it
2: of course it's funny how that happens why
1: a victorian era british camisole uh, camisole cameo <laughs> see where mine is but uh, yeah I mean, why Why would that happen you but, gotta make
2: the sale yeah, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta appeal to today's crowd
1: that's what they're searching for right ugh <laughs> <sighs> But anyway, so all these groups now have their their demonologists, have their person whose designation is, okay, if this thing's evil, this one's all on you. The rest of us are going to dunks. Of course. But, I mean, isn't that going to lead to probably more input into this article, into the the theme of this article? Because you're going to have more people doing it and more people are just going to get sick. That's how life is. And it's going to start to be blamed on this.
0: Well,
2: you know, one of the things that I I wanted to touch on in the article is the fact that even having a negative headspace, putting yourself in that position. I mean, put yourself in the shoes of a guy who actually believes, like really believes that there are these evil spirits surrounding us at all times, and they are just waiting for the moment to strike. Mm -hmm. If you put yourself in the shoes of that person, you're going to be pretty paranoid all the time, and you're going to look at everything, you know, sideways because you're going to wonder – well, is this something, is this a test that was put here by some evil spirit? Or if I do this, if no one's around me, is this thing going to attack me? If you're in that headspace, you're going to be pretty negative all the time. Right. And it's shown that just having that kind of negativity can lead to you getting sick. It can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're constantly looking over your shoulder, worried that something's going to attack you, you're just putting yourself in this place where... You're, you're feeling badly. There was, a, there was a test conducted recently that showed that those people who were going for a medical uh, checkup, if they believed that they were going to receive poor service, just their negativity alone could override powerful opiates, and they would still feel pain, even though they were injected with very powerful painkillers. They would still feel pain just because they believed Those painkillers wouldn't work. So there's no reason that that same kind of mindset can't translate to the world of the paranormal, where if you think that some evil demon is going to be sucking your life force, that that can't actually happen.
0: Right. Well, now you're getting into my field, working in research and development and in pharmaceuticals. Uh-huh. Uh, I am a metabolism and fake chemistry specialist. So, uh-huh. I, so I can say for sure that knowing that there have been a number of other studies on, done about the way the mind works and what your emotional state is, is directly connected to the various chemicals that you produce in your brain and the rest of your body. Now, if people in high, they've discovered that people in high stress states, in constant high stress states, will get sick because their body is being stressed, they are producing certain uh, compounds because the body's metabolism is being artificially altered by their emotional state, mm-hmm. and this leads them to susceptibilities. In various diseases, in particular heart disease stre- from stress and various cancers. Various cancers form because there are excess, um, let's call them trigger chemicals in the body. Okay, so we know that having excess stress or worry or something that causes you undue agitation can definitely lead to the um, the priming. Of Of cancers and can, other illnesses. can I just ask
1: you a question Moniz? Sure is there any link to that level of stress uh in that that situation leading to any kind of uh hallucinations
2: oh interesting
0: I, uh, it could mm-hmm. in certain cases, depending upon you know a number of different factors, but at that point you're you're already so sick and you're you know
1: I mean, I, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, paranoia is a great state to, to live in perpetually. <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people who are big time weed smokers can be like, no, paranoia is fine. You can live in it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it just seems like, uh, you know, that the more stressed you are, the more susceptible you may be to thinking everything is out to get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah so well and you know greg you mentioned also earlier in the show you talked about the lifestyle that these people live so in addition to kind of their mental state their physical state isn't exactly top-notch either
2: of course of course i mean a lot of these people like i said a lot of these people try and make the paranormal circuit their prime source of income and that's not an easy thing to do unless you're on some wildly successful show like ghost hunters uh These people are constantly hustling. They are constantly traveling across the country. They're staying up late. You know, they're going, they're hosting ghost hunts in the middle of the night at places uh, from 12 to 4 a.m., and their hotel has a 12 a.m. checkout time. So these people are living very hard. They're eating at diners that are the first place they can find along the highway, uh, smoking constantly, drinking tons of energy drinks, things like that. They're doing that for weeks, months at a time. And that takes a toll on the body. Living hard like that, living hard on the road is not something that you can sustain for a very long period of time without, you know, having some sort of a blowout. It's just going to happen. Your body's not meant to do that. So it, it, it might not just be the sort of negative mental state that you're putting yourself in. It could be the the, the negative physical state that you're putting yourself mm-hmm. in from living so hard.
1: Even, even the common investigator, even the people who aren't at that level of of being a speaker traveling the circuit, but just you know the weekend warrior ghost hunters, which I know Chris Balzano hates when I say that phrase, weekend warriors, but (laughs) the ones who go out there and they they do this on Friday and Saturday nights, I mean, they're taking away what should be their rest period and their rest time, and they're instead staying up for an insane amount of hours, and, and your body just doesn't recover. When you're in a circadian rhythm that you follow every week, Monday through Friday, going to your job, and you disrupt it on the weekends, I mean, look at how terrible you feel if you sleep a few hours later on saturday or sunday you know you find that you start to get tired earlier in the day than you expected to absolutely imagine what these people are like going out there and being like i think i'm going to stay up from uh you know the time i go to work friday morning until like sunday at
0: 10 o'clock so you're seeing ghost hunting is oh i was gonna say so ghost hunting is for insomniacs yeah well if not you'll (laughs) become one
2: of course well the vast majority of these people are middle-aged you know i when, when i started ghost hunting i was just a teenager and a teenage body is far more adapt to this. Yeah. I, can't really, I can't really do this anymore. You know, I, I look back to the kind of hours that we used to keep as kids, going out and investigating these abandoned houses and, and staying up till the middle of the night. We used to eat at this the greasiest diner we knew of that was open 24 hours. It was all Slim Jims and Mountain Dew constantly. That was it. And I think about myself now. I can't imagine the horrible shape I would be in now if I was still going hard at it like I was back when I was in high school. Dude, I
1: won't, I won't kid you. When I was a kid, I climbed, like, the Blue Hills here in Massachusetts on Slim Jims and Mountain Dew. <laughs> that exactly.
2: was all I needed. But, but now, you know, when you're older, you think about that kind of thing and you think, oh, my gosh, you know. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly do that. I would be wrecked for an entire week if I did.
1: And and that might be how they. Feel. I mean, they may not feel that they feel that way, but that could be how their body feels.
2: Of course, uh, I mean, whether they know or not. Your heart or working overtime. Of course. And let,
1: let's not face it. Uh, let, let's face it. Let's not beat around the bush here. And I apologize if I offend anybody here, but I know a lot of people in the paranormal field, and a lot of us are overweight and unhealthy before we started hunting ghosts. <laughs> of course. So we weren't exactly, you know, it's not like we're uh, Ivan Drago ghost hunting machines here. Speak for yourself. Hey, yeah, right. <laughs> This is coming from a guy who I don't think I've seen Moniz eat a vegetable in the seven years I've known him, unless you count potatoes deep fried.
2: Hey, what's wrong with potatoes?
1: Oh, well, nothing. I'm just the saying.
2: best vegetable there is.
1: When, when, uh, when it's all that you're uh, eating, which uh, a lot of these investigators do. I mean, we do our Legend Trips ghost hunting events, and we're feeding people pizza and salad, and it's amazing how few of them actually hit up the salad.
2: Hey, more salad for everyone else. Yeah. Bring the vegans.
1: They, we do. We usually have a couple. There you go. Yeah, then. they Their taste job. good. Yeah. They <laughs> t- taste the same as everybody else. But when when you're looking at uh a lot of these uh cases uh and when you're talking about the the lifestyle that they start to endure uh there I mean there is the idea that yes, you're you're not physically sound to go into this. But a, a lot of the people who do it now, I think aren't spiritually sound either. I mean, you always hear somebody like John Zaffris or Keith Johnson or any of these people saying, listen, don't go into this. If you don't feel like you're ready. And that's the reason why I've never taken on a demonic case. And I won't, Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's a suspicion of one, I know to stay away because I'm not spiritually grounded enough. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's another factor that could, could play into that whole negative kind of woe is me belief is that they're not, Strong enough in faith to to go up against these things.
2: Of course, of course. And I mean, again, with you know, when when writing this article, I didn't mean to say that I didn't believe that you know these things could possibly exist. I, again, I, I'm a fence sitter. I like to sit at the fence and observe both sides. I'm j- I, my only point was to just say that you know if there there could be people that don't believe demons exist, and then there's the people that believe that def- definitely demons do exist. I just wanted to say that there are other options, and it's worth entertaining that there are these other options that could have said it, that, or that they could have done these things to these people. You know, it, whether it be your lifestyle, whether it be the sort of negative headspace you put in, or even per- perhaps it was the influence of some malevolent spirit that we you know do not have any kind of a grasp on. Sure, I'm open to all of those things,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you know. I'm not a person I've I've I did one home investigation in my entire life and that was it. That was enough to let me know that I never wanted to do another one again. It was just such a horrible experience to me. I would much rather go out and check out abandoned haunted hotspots and things like that or chase monsters like Bigfoot. That's that's more more my angle, I guess. So I realize that there's a lot of people that do this and they believe that they're doing good. They're going out and they're trying to help people get rid of, you know, something that's plaguing their family or whatnot and more power to them. That's great. That's great. But it's one of those deals where, as I say in the article, every career has a risk. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those things that you have to sit there and you have to weigh. Is it worth the price of the payoff?
1: And considering how few people actually get the payoff as a result of this?
2: Exactly. You you have to really weigh that too, as well. Exactly. Well, I mean, who's to say that the payoff isn't wholly negative?
1: Right. And and, I mean, I guess the the other factor in a lot of this, and it's what led you to to consider writing this article in the first place, is that you know karma could be a factor. Of course. Of course. I mean, the fact that you're out there and you're you know even paying heed to these creatures, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. maybe God doesn't like that.
2: Of course. Well, I mean, if you want to look at it from a purely biblical perspective, I was raised in a a Baptist minister's household. My dad was a Baptist minister. Not
1: from Westboro Baptist, I hope. No, no,
2: not anything that hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. But I remember as a kid, I had people going to my dad and saying, you need to stop your son from going and ghost hunting. Because it clearly states in the Bible that you are not to commune with spirits. You're not to commune with spirits. You're not to consult psychics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyone who's extremely uh, religious could obviously look at a lot of these things and say, oh, well, these people are just getting what they deserve for dealing with things that God said you weren't supposed to mess with to begin with. Mm-hmm. So there's always that angle, too. I don't necessarily believe that. Um, I, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what you'd call it. I, maybe I'm an agnostic. Um, I think... I don't even believe that ghosts are the spirits of dead people.
1: You know, there's, uh, we, are, there's, we are kindred
2: souls. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's, 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 there's this unsaid uh, rule that ghosts are the spirits of the dead that are, you know, walking the earth. I don't believe that. I think that ghosts exist. For sure, I do. I've seen a lot of weird things in my day. I don't think they're dead people. Um, I don't know if there's something like a residual haunting where they're a recording or whether there's something that we just don't even, you know, haven't even figured out yet. But I don't think they're dead people. So I'm not of that camp that's extremely religious and says that you shouldn't commune with these things and you should consult psychics and things like that. But I can see how someone from that camp might look at somebody like Ryan Buell or Ed Warren, et cetera, et cetera and go, oh, well, this is, this is what they get for messing with that. Right. I get it. Um, but then again, on the other hand, it could just be living long hours – well, here's the thing, too. Ryan Buell, that guy's not even been alive long enough to have to have lived hard or have done, you know, this or that. That guy, I, be, I, I honestly believe that's just crappy luck. Yeah. That's just crappy luck. And I that mean,
1: diagnosis is kind of, you know, it is crappy luck.
2: It's horrible. It's absolutely terrible. Like I said, I was depressed when I heard about it because that guy's only a couple years older than I am. That's just totally unfair. But that's life, and sometimes things like that happen. You know how I many kids? There's, there's thousands and thousands of children who are diagnosed with cancer all throughout the world, kids who haven't nearly lived long enough to have pissed off some grand evil spirit somewhere or to have, you know. They haven't lived... had reason to
1: do that either. Of
2: course. They, and they, they, At the same time, they haven't lived long enough to have smoked two packs a day for 20 years or to have eaten at greasy diners for, you know five nights a week for, for years. That's just, that's just crappy luck, and that's just the way that the world works. Sometimes bad things happen to good people without any reason whatsoever. That's just the way it is.
0: And I think
1: that, you know, I hate to say this with only a few minutes left on the show, but there's a good chance that a lot of it, too, is just coincidence. As Absolutely. much as people don't want to believe that, you know, that's what it could be.
2: Absolutely. But, I mean, that's the point. That was the kind of the point of the whole article is that there are other options you know you don't have to just believe one thing and a lot of the times a lot of this thing again is just chalked up to, to coincidence sometimes it can be you know living poorly is going to have a consequence but sometimes once in a while it's just that's just life that's just life and there's nothing you can do about it
1: well we thank you for putting together the article and for all the work that you did uh, into it and for not shying away from the discussion that has happened after of course that wouldn't be who forwarded style you know to hit and run <laughs> I guess not that's just uh, the style of everybody else that tries to take you on
2: <laughs> well I seem to notice yeah that's kind of that's kind of the, the the thing we we've grown accustomed to
1: Well, you handle it well, so uh thank thank you definitely for for uh having uh that position on the fence and to be able to look at both sides and and kind of stay on that fence as much as you can because we need we need blogs like Who Forded, we need writing like yours uh, to keep the conversation going in the paranormal.
2: Well, thank you so much.
1: All right, and uh, I'm sure someday soon, you know, we'll, we'll have you up here for Amoni's Barbecue. We'll invite Jason Haas and Grant Wilson over, and oh, we'll gosh, call up Chip Coffee and Brian Hart. Well, We'll all get together. They, they, I'm sure it. they're all dying to see you. <laughs> I'm
2: sure that they are. I'll bring back up.
1: <laughs> well, just bring beers. That's all oh, you get got to bring. All right,
2: there we go. That solves
1: it. All right, thank you so much for joining us. Greg Newkirk from Who Forded Magazine, we'll talk to you real soon.
2: Thanks again, guys.
1: Have a great night. All right, that was uh, definitely an interesting discussion. I am looking forward to kind of seeing a lot of the follow-up that happens as a result of that. Uh, There's already been great feedback to it on the page. If you go to whofortedblog.com, you'll see it there. If you go to spookysouthcoast.com, it's linked right up on the front page of our website. So check out the article, mull it over a little bit. See the points that Greg's making in the piece uh, and then feel free to comment on it because the, the comments have been just as enlightening as to how people feel about this subject as the article. So uh, definitely check that out. And remember, uh, as you mentioned earlier in the show, "Experiences Speak is coming up September 8th. The tickets are only $20.12. can't go wrong. So uh, just go to StarbornSupport.com and that will lead you to where you need to go. And our event is Legend Trips, uh, the – Haunted History Night 2012, which will be October 20th from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the Haunted Corner of Wareham, Massachusetts, featuring the Fearing Tavern. Dinner, lectures, a live taping of 30-odd minutes, and five hours of ghost investigation, plus, uh, of course, analysis and discussion and all that kind of stuff. Tickets are only $99, so get them while you can. They are available from Legend Trips. Dot com. We will have spirit medium readings from Tiffany Rice and Stephanie Burke available for sale once the tickets start moving uh, a little bit more. You know, When we get closer to the date, that's when we decide to start selling off those readings. So just stay tuned to legendtrips.com for that. That about does it for this week's show, but we're going to be back next week. I know Chris had some things in the works uh, for next week's show, so it should be a fascinating one. And we'll be back, I think we're on definitely 10 o'clock. I think the Red Sox are going to let us... In a little bit early for a change next week, instead of holding us to 45 minute shows, so definitely be here at the beginning of the program 10:15 p.m. both on WBSM and on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, where you can find all of our past episodes as well. Uh, be sure to check out those archives from iTunes and from uh, YouTube and everywhere else where you can find the show. We look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, we want you all to stay spooktacular.